Hey everyone, welcome to MCU Fan Show, episode 259. My name is Sean Gerber. I am flying solo for this episode, which is our first since Paul and I did our live reaction recording as we were discovering all of the news via live tweets from Marvel Studios in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con. We've never really done a podcast like that, and then a number of you reached out and shared some very nice feedback on it. So hopefully it's the kind of thing that you all enjoyed, and maybe we can attempt to do more things like that in the future. But it was so much fun to discover all of that news and immediately be able to talk about it in podcast form and in conversation with Paul. But uh, also what happens is you do tend to miss some things. Like we were talking about, oh, this, is this all phase five? No, it's phase five or phases five and six. And so I, I do want to level set on this edition of the show, just go back through some of the announcements from San Diego Comic-Con and talk about what that means as we also look forward to another round of announcements, or so we believe slash hope, coming our way in just a little less than a month at D23 Expo, because on Saturday, September 10th, Marvel Studios will have a presentation, a joint presentation with Lucasfilm, where they are sure to show some footage and make some announcements. And so we could have another round of, uh, of big news coming our way. I don't know that there is as much left on the table for them to unleash like they did at San Diego Comic-Con. And I just go back to what happened last time there was a D23 Expo and a San Diego Comic-Con in the same summer. The announcements were much bigger and there were a lot more of them at Comic-Con compared to D23. But there are a number of open dates still left in Phase 6 that Marvel that uh, Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige could, of course, start filling in blanks. And then also... Even though they announced a lot of things in San Diego, there's a lot of details missing from those things, like maybe who's directing, characters who might be included, all of those sorts of things. So they could just add on to the announcements that they made at San Diego Comic-Con. One of the announcements is the topic I want to start with in this podcast. It's an announcement that I think they must have been, I would think anyway, must have been saving for D23 Expo. But then it got scooped because just days after Marvel Studios had its Hall H presentation in San Diego Comic-Con, The Hollywood Reporter published an exclusive that Destin Daniel Cretton, the director of Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, he is going to be the one who is directing the next Avengers movie, that is Avengers The Kang Dynasty. So that's the first of the two Avengers movies that we are getting in 2025, and I'll talk about the news in a second, which I think is awesome. But just the fact that this got out, it feels like the kind of thing they you would think that they would have wanted to announce it at Comic-Con. Or if they didn't, it's because they chose to hold on to it to have something for have something else, something extra, something big for D23 Expo in September. I mean, I don't know. Unless it's the sort of thing where Marvel really did want to announce it at Comic-Con, but the deal wasn't done, so they had to wait, and then the deal got done right after Comic-Con, and that's when The Hollywood Reporter got a hold of it. But also, the way these things tend to work is when the trades publish an article, a lot of times that news is months or weeks or even longer, months old before uh, even a trade might get a hold of it and be able to publish it. So who knows when the deal actually got done. It feels like the kind of thing that maybe Marvel Studios was going to try to save for T23 Expo. But then it got scooped. Not to worry. I'm sure Marvel Studios has plenty of other exciting announcements uh, in store for D23 Expo. We'll see if any of those get scooped uh, between now and the convention. But as far as Destin Daniel Cretton directing Avengers The Kang Dynasty, I love this choice. I love it for lots of reasons. Primarily because Destin Daniel Cretton is a fantastic filmmaker, not just because of what he did last year with Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, but Short Term 12 is a fantastic movie uh, that I certainly recommend many of you watch. I mean, I've been a, a big fan of Destin Daniel Cretton. And of course, he's executive producing a Wonder Man series for Marvel Studios on uh, Disney+. Plus. So there's a lot that's going on. And he has certainly expanded. He has an overall deal with Disney and Marvel Studios to develop things. So Destin Daniel Cretton certainly has a, a larger footprint in the MCU and I am so excited about this, and I think that it's going to be great that, and it, it probably tells us some things, right? I mean, I think, number one, Destin Daniel Cretton showed that he could balance so many different things. We talked about it during our Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings spoiler review, when you talk about the different genres and different influences and everything that came into that movie, 
where in so many ways, Shang-Chi could have been three or four different movies, and yet it all still works as one movie, even with these very uh, separate parts. I mean, it feels like a different movie from act to act, and yet it all still comes together in this beautiful and satisfying and thrilling way. And, and so the way he managed that, that's Avengers directing right there, as far as I'm concerned, when you have to deal with so many different characters who introduce so many different tones to a story, so many different needs that you have to balance, and then you have something as big as just the whole concept of Kang and the Kang dynasty, because they've said it, there are going to be several versions, several variants of Kang that Jonathan Majors is going to play over the course of Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, perhaps Loki season two, presumably, obviously, Avengers, the Kang dynasty. So I think Destin Daniel Cretton is the right choice. And I also love that it's somebody... Because even before the news broke, when we just heard that there were going to be these two new Avengers movies in 2025, the director list seemed to, it, it tends to start with people who've already been directors for Marvel Studios, because outside of the very first Avengers movie, every everyone else who's directed an Avengers movie, which is still just Joss Whedon doing a second one, and then the Russos doing their two Avengers movies, but still, the point holds that Except for the first one, everybody else who directs an Avengers movie has already directed another MCU film. And I like that. I don't think that necessarily needs to be a requirement, but it's nice when somebody who already has a vested interest in this world, and even if it is more specific to one character like Shang-Chi, although I think Destin Daniel Cretton is a huge Marvel fan and going to be just fine expanding his portfolio. Also, by the way, has a longtime working relationship with Brie Larson. So to see them team up again when Captain Marvel is presumably a part of Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. I think that's going to be a lot of fun as well. But I, I feel like Destin Daniel Cretton being so well-versed in, in this world and having, as I said, an expanding footprint in this world with the Wonder Man Disney Plus series and everything that he's been doing for Shang-Chi. And I think there's other stuff that he's probably been a part of and probably been working on that we haven't necessarily heard about yet. And so I like the idea of him being somebody who is shepherding such a huge Marvel movie. If there were one downside, I don't think it's a real downside. I think it just raises the question of what does this mean for the sequel for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings? I don't know if this means that... Uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say this means Destin Daniel Cretton is not going to direct a Shang-Chi sequel... I think there's going to be a Shang-Chi sequel. I think the question now is, when does it happen? If the Shang-Chi sequel is one of those open release dates on in Phase 6, it could be, but if it is, then that presumably means that Destin Daniel Cretton will not be the one to direct it. So somebody else would have to step in because you would think that Destin Daniel Cretton would just be way too busy with an Avengers movie to make. So I think that makes... Uh, it would make sense to me that if Shang-Chi is happening soon, or the Shang-Chi sequel, rather, if that's happening soon, Destin Daniel Cretton might be a producer, might be a co-writer, but probably would not be the director. If, however, the Shang-Chi sequel is after the Avenger, after Avengers the Kang Dynasty, and presumably a couple years after Avengers the Kang Dynasty, if that's what happens, then I guess, then at that point, Destin Daniel Cretton could be available to direct that sequel. So I think that's the the question is really when does a Shang-Chi sequel uh, happen? And that will uh, go a long way determining whether or not Destin Daniel Cretton gets to direct it. Although I, I guess you could also say that after doing an Avengers movie, maybe Destin Daniel Cretton wouldn't want to immediately turn around and do another Marvel movie uh, in the form of a Shang-Chi sequel. But that's definitely a good question for Kevin Feige, a good question for Destin Daniel Cretton the next time they do press and it is, although it's kind of a, a weird question to be like, well, thanks for making an Avengers movie, but what else are you going to do? And when are we going to get a, 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 a Shang-Chi sequel? But uh, the question's there because people really love that movie, myself included. And so we want to see that specific story continue while also watching Shang-Chi take, uh, take on a larger role within the broader Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you have to imagine that he would based on the mid credit scene from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I mean, we see Shang-Chi and Katie being brought in by Wong, and they're meeting other Avengers, including Captain Marvel, and they're really being shown that they are now part of this larger universe, and the Ten Rings are part of something bigger and cosmic 
um, that's very, very old, uh, much older than a thousand years and everything like that, like we saw unfolding in the story, uh, that this is something that is going to be probably somewhere in the center of everything that's been going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's why it's also really great that Destin Daniel Cretton is going to be the one to come in and direct this, because a brilliant, talented filmmaker, that's the first step, and you could argue that should be the only step, but it certainly is a, a very good bonus when you know that somebody has an interest and a history in this world and likes this the way that it is with the crossovers and connectivity and everything that the MCU is, which isn't necessarily something that every filmmaker is a fan of, but clearly Destin Daniel Cretton is, so it, it, he and he is well-suited to come in and take on this role. What's also been made pretty clear, though, is that Destin Daniel Cretton is directing this Avengers movie, Avengers the Kang Dynasty. He is not doing both. So even though we have two Avengers movies in the same year, it's not going to be the same filmmaker. So it's not like the Russos doing Infinity War and Endgame that are going to be released a year apart. And I wonder what the reason for that might be. I, I don't necessarily think it's Marvel saying, well, it was just overwhelming to have one set of directors come in and do Infinity War and Endgame. I think it would be very difficult, though, to have one person or one directing duo come in and do both Avengers movies and then release them about six months apart from one another. Because remember how they actually made Infinity War and Endgame. For all the talk that Infinity War and Endgame were filmed back-to-back, that's only partially true. You could argue mostly true, but not quite, because they ended up not making all of Endgame. And I'm not just talking about reshoots and additional photography that always happen with Marvel movies. Endgame had that as well just a few months before the movie actually came out. It was like January or February when they went in and did the reshoot so Downey could do the I Am Iron Man before his snap. But I'm not, I'm not just talking about that stuff that's normal and happens on every Marvel movie. There was a delayed principal photography phase for Endgame where they filmed Infinity War and some pieces of Endgame uh, while they were filming Infinity War, but mostly it was filming Infinity War, then doing Endgame, but they only did, as the Russos eventually said in interviews, maybe somewhere 70 to 80% of Endgame, and then they went in after Infinity War had been released, so a few months after, so about August through October-ish of 2018 is when they went in and they finished the fourth Avengers movie, Avengers Endgame, as a follow-up to uh, Infinity War. So they obviously can't, they were able to do that and they could have that schedule with the movies being set a year apart. Obviously that doesn't work with two Avengers movies that are set six years apart. So you could still say, well, why not film all of them in their entirety back-to-back? -back? I think it just gets too big and also... What we shouldn't necessarily assume is that these movies will be as directly connected as Infinity War and Endgame were. They could be, because you could certainly see how the Kang Dynasty with the multiverse sets up Secret Wars, which could be the multiversal war. But there's also the possibility that the Kang Dynasty kind of gets resolved, but it creates its own set of problems that aren't necessarily Kang-related. For example, I'm not assuming that Kang is going to be the arch nemesis for both of these movies, could be, but I don't just want to assume that that's the case, because there are certainly other characters when you talk about Secret Wars. You think about the Beyonder, you think about Doctor Doom, so there are a lot of other characters that come, or at least a couple of other prominent characters that could factor in and become the primary antagonists. And we also, if we remember Infinity War and Endgame, just the breakdown of the rosters, right? The Which characters got a lot of focus in Infinity War and Endgame was kind of different. And maybe we'll see something like that for the Kang Dynasty uh, and Secret Wars as well. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense from just a purely production timetable perspective to have different directors, but also creatively. They could end up being very, very different movies to, to where uh, it is better for them to be directed by uh, different filmmakers. So uh, it makes a lot of sense. It just begs the question of, okay, we're very, very happy that Destin Daniel Cretton is directing the Kang Dynasty, but who is going to direct Secret Wars? We don't know the answer to that question yet. Maybe we will uh, come D23 Expo, but all we know for now is who's not going to direct Avengers Secret Wars. It is not going to be 
the Russo brothers. So for all the talk of the Russos and them even mentioning it, it's not just the talk that they haven't fed at all. They kicked off a lot of it, talking about Secret Wars and how Joe Russo uh, particularly has been very vocal in the past about how much they love Secret Wars and how it's one of those things that they would love to do with Marvel if they were to come back and make another Marvel movie eventually. But in the days, weeks preceding San Diego Comic-Con, the Russo started making it clear that they have not had any talks with Marvel Studios about Secret Wars, that it's not necessarily something they are looking to sign up and do. They weren't saying no to it, but they were just making it clear that they hadn't been making any deals or had any conversations with Marvel Studios about it, which meant that the only way it was going to be the Russos is if Secret Wars was years and years down the line, but we know it's really not that far off. It's just a few years away, and the Russos are not signing up to do it. They're going to keep doing what they're doing with their company, Agbo, and they've got stuff going on with The Gray Man and sequels and spinoffs and other things that they're doing for their company. So they are not looking to get back into business with Marvel Studios anytime soon, even though they are excited about working with Marvel again and certainly open to that possibility. It's not going to happen yet. It's not going to happen in time for Secret Wars. And Kevin Feige confirmed that as well. After the Hall H presentation, he was speaking with MTV's Josh Horowitz, and he said, it's not going to be them. Nobody's playing coy here or anything like that. It's not going to happen with the Russos. He even said that Marvel Studios, they want to work with the Russos again in the future, but it's just not going to be this. It's not going to be Secret Wars. And I'm okay with that. And it's not because I don't want the Russos to direct Secret Wars. I love the Russos. I, of course, love their work inside the MCU, outside the MCU, uh, but specifically inside the MCU. I mean, come on. Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. Four just all-time great MCU movies, and all four directed by the Russo brothers. So I love them as a team, and when they have Marcus and Steve, uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely are usually the ones who are writing their Marvel movies, it works out. We, we know what they are capable of. So if Kevin Feige had said, oh yeah, it's going to be the Russos, obviously I'm excited about that news, but I'm not super disappointed that it's not going to be them. And I think the main reason why, well, one, if they're not ready or wanting to make that movie or anything like that, excited about making that movie right now, then they shouldn't be the ones to do it. As good or as great as they are, you have to be all in with this sort of project. And they went all in with the stuff they were doing in the MCU before, and now they're doing other things. And I think it's great for them to go focus on other things, and it just creates an opportunity for someone else to be able to step into this world and direct a Secret Wars movie. And I think there are still some great choices left. If we're looking specifically at people who have directed Marvel Studios movies in the past, I mean, certainly the name that everybody immediately uh, brings to mind is uh, is Ryan Coogler. And I'll talk about potential uh, Secret Wars directors in a moment. But first, just to uh, button up the Russos not doing it, one of the reservations I would have had with the Russos doing it, or not so much a reservation, just one reason why it may work out fine that they're not directing it and may go to somebody else, especially if it's somebody who's already directed an MCU film, is the Russos, while they have directed a number of Marvel Studios movies, they haven't been part of this new saga. And so they've been gone since Endgame working on other stuff. They are not uh, directly vested in what's happening now, what's been happening in the MCU. So for them to step in and direct a culmination of a saga that they haven't been really been a part of developing this whole time, and it's not to say they can't play catch-up. Of course they can. They're more than capable of doing that. But I also just like the idea, if it's somebody who has helped shape the MCU in recent years as part of the multiverse saga to come in and be the one to uh, to help it to culminate to help it all culminate in Avengers Secret Wars. So moving on to those potential directors, Ryan Coogler, of course, comes to mind. I mean, Black Panther speaks for itself uh, with everything that it achieved and everything that film and Ryan Coogler as the director and everybody, the cast crew, everybody. And Black Panther, of course, a Marvel Studios masterpiece and all timer. There's really not much reasonable questioning of that, and so. Uh, and of course, we just saw a, a brilliant trailer for uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And so if that movie is as great as it looks like it's going to be, 
then you just think of what a luxury it would be for us as fans to see Ryan Coogler direct an Avengers movie, particularly Secret Wars. And I know that when we think Secret Wars and we think the more cosmic side of the MCU, Black Panther isn't necessarily the franchise that immediately springs to mind. But you would guess that Black Panther, whoever the new Black Panther is, is going to feature be featured prominently in these next Avengers movies, at least one of them. And presumably, if it's not Kang Dynasty, then it would be the then it would be Secret Wars. So that's the lead in for Ryan Coogler. But also, he doesn't really need a lead in. And he's talked plenty before about how big of a Marvel fan he was growing up. And so, you know, the idea for him to play in a bigger sandbox, that is obviously going to be appealing. And he's developing other things. I mean, right, we know that there is a Wakanda-based Disney Plus series that we've been hearing, been reported that that's an Okoye series, but we'll see what, maybe that's something also that Marvel Studios and and Kevin Feige will announce at D23 Expo, so we know a little bit more about what Ryan Coogler has been developing over there, but I think it's just a natural progression for Ryan Coogler to go from directing already one of the most successful solo superhero movies in the MCU And it was the most successful just until late last year with Spider-Man No Way Home as a solo film. But as far as a solo debut film for a character, uh, first film in a franchise, Black Panther holds that record with over $1.3 billion back in 2018. So the record speaks for itself with Ryan Coogler, too. And his qualifications are just right there and immediately apparent. And I would love to see it. After seeing what he's done with Black Panther so far and, and done with Wakanda, on the assumption, of course, that world uh, that Wakanda Forever is uh, just as great as it looks like it's going to be based on that trailer. Yeah, I would love to see what a Ryan Coogler Avengers movie looks like. I would love to see what an, a Ryan Coogler-directed Secret Wars film looks like. I would be incredibly excited about that. And I, I think the only question is, really, does he want to do that? Does Ryan Coogler want to make an Avengers movie? Because these movies are massive commitments. Any Marvel Studios movie is a big, big commitment for a filmmaker. It's about as big as, uh, as about as big as it gets, except for when you level up. So there's making any MCU movie, and then the, which is big enough. But then there's making an Avengers movie, and that is so much bigger, so many more moving parts. And it's not so much about Ryan Coogler not being up for the challenge or anything like that. It's just whether or not he's actually interested in, in that. He may he may feel like he's really more interested in developing and working on the specific franchise that he's been shepherding up until this point. So that's been Black Panther. And he wouldn't be the first director to feel that way, by the way, because if you go back and you think about one of the other names that I know fans immediately think of as a potential Avengers director at some point is people throw out the name James Gunn. I would be very surprised if James Gunn ended up being a director of an Avengers movie, uh, be it Secret Wars or something else, just because James Gunn has said on several occasions when he's been asked on social media by fans, do you want to direct an Avengers movie? He's always just flat out said no. He's happy doing Guardians of the Galaxy. And even though he's wrapping up Guardians of the Galaxy with Volume 3, he still hasn't shown any inter- any increase in, in his level of interest to direct an Avengers movie. So James Gunn has been pretty clear about how he feels, and so I don't think he would want to do an Avengers movie like Secret Wars. For Ryan Coogler, how does he feel? Does Is he excited about the prospect of making an Avengers movie, or would he rather uh, stick with the Black Panther franchise that he has led up until this point? And also, I mean, I don't even know if we can assume that he wants to direct another Black Panther movie after Wakanda Forever, he may be he may be ready to take a break from Marvel Studios and focus on other things for a little while. So it really just comes down to how does Ryan Coogler feel about the MCU and the prospect of directing an Avengers movie? If he wants to do it, hard to imagine Kevin Feige being like, no, we want to go with somebody else. So uh, it's really it would be a job that is, you know, Ryan Coogler's to take or not, depending on how he feels about it. But and of course, the decision may have already been made, and we just don't know what the answer is yet, and we may soon. Uh, another director to look at for uh, Secret Wars, and I know this is, I, I think, maybe one of the most overlooked directors in the MCU, but we are less than a year away from his third film in the MCU, and that's Peyton Reed. And I know that 
The Ant-Man franchise, by the very nature of it, seems like the kind of thing that uh, it is easily overlooked in MCU lore. I mean, you look at the way Ant-Man movies have been positioned just on the release calendar for Marvel Studios, right? The first one comes out a couple months after Avengers Age of Ultron. It is technically the last film in Phase 2, the first Ant-Man film in 2015, but the climax of Phase 2 was Avengers Age of Ultron, and then you just kind of have Ant-Man as this little epilogue before Phase 3 begins with Captain America Civil War, and that's not me trying to uh, reduce or or diminish Ant-Man in any way. I love that movie. It is one of my favorites, one of the most rewatchable movies just over and over again in the history of the MCU. It is so much fun, and it is also just such a good movie with a very well to- uh, well-told story. And so uh, I've been a big fan of Peyton Reed and what he's done in the MCU. And then along those lines of just the positioning on the calendar, right? Ant-Man and the Wasp had to follow Avengers Infinity War. And it did exactly what it was supposed to do, uh, with telling the scale of the story that it was kind of assigned at the time, and it was just, just this very fun, you know, everything goes wrong, one really, really bad day sort of story, or few days for Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I think that movie, while I didn't like it as much as the first Ant-Man film, I still liked it quite a bit, and it, I still think that Peyton Reed did a great job as a director, and now he is leveling up, so to speak, not that he necessarily needed to or had anything to prove, but the Ant-Man franchise is leveling up with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and we talk about direct connections between what a filmmaker's been working on and what they may do next. We see some of the seeds being planted in Shang-Chi, and Destin Daniel Cretton is directing Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania looks like it's going to be a big, big part in the multiverse saga. And so if Kang continues to be an antagonist past the Kang dynasty into Secret Wars, well, that makes a lot of sense for Peyton Reed because he's working with that character, Kang, in uh, Quantumania. So there's that fit. But even if Kang isn't necessarily a part of it, you're still talking about a huge piece of the... I mean, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania has to be a pivotal piece within the multiverse saga. And so it is a very natural progression. And as far as Marvel fandom and Marvel knowledge and just how much somebody cares about Marvel, I don't know that there's a bigger Marvel fan, a bigger Marvel nerd right there working within Marvel Studio, the working with or within Marvel Studios. I don't know that you'll find a bigger Marvel nerd than Peyton Reed. He loves it as much as anybody does. And so I think the idea of him coming in and directing Secret Wars. He'd be pouring, I mean, he has been in the Ant-Man franchise, but he's pouring his entire heart into a project like that, and I think he could do something really, really special with it. So Ryan Coogler, Peyton Reed, if either one of them ended up directing Secret Wars, I would be so happy, I would be beside myself with how happy I would be for them as filmmakers, whichever of them got the gig, um, and also just be happy for myself as a fan and collectively all of us as fans, because I I think that uh, Coogler and Reed are just really capable of doing some very, very special things as uh, as potential directors for uh, for Secret Wars. And then after those two, it gets it gets a little tougher. Not that there are choices I don't like, but it's necess- you're having to project a little bit more based on what they're doing in the MCU. Like another name in terms of the timing, Nia DaCosta, who's directing the Marvels, she would finish that movie in time to make Secret Wars. Harder for me to say that she should be the choice because I, I think she's a very good filmmaker, but we still haven't seen the Marvels yet. I don't know how Marvel feels about the Marvels. I mean, I'm, based on her capabilities as a filmmaker, I think that movie's going to be really good, and that might be a good enough, strong enough audition for Marvel to look her way for Secret Wars. It just doesn't feel quite as automatic because she hasn't been part of the MCU as long as Coogler and Reed, but I think Nia DaCosta, amongst MCU veteran directors, is somebody who's worth paying attention to. I also think Chloe Zhao is somebody who is worth paying attention to. Say what you will about Eternals, and Paul and I had the things that we liked and didn't necessarily like about the film. Overall, we leaned uh, pretty positive on that movie, and Chloe Zhao is already an Oscar-winning director, so I think she is... uh, She's already shown the level of filmmaker that she is, and so if Marvel did tap her to make uh, Avengers Secret Wars, I would have no problem with it. 
I think it re- that would be another one similar to Ryan Coogler. Is this something she would even really want to do? She has said she wants to work with Marvel again, but does she want to stay more directly in the eternal space, or does she want to uh, broaden that and go into full-blown Avengers territory? So there's a question of what she actually wants to do that I think factors into it, and uh, I don't know her, so I can't tell you what her level of interest is uh, when it comes to that. Um, somebody else I think is worth paying attention to and having on the radar is Matt Shackman. He directed nine episodes of WandaVision, which is the most successful, maybe not in terms of viewership numbers, but even by that standard, it's got to be one of the most successful in terms of acclaim, in terms of award nominations. WandaVision remains uh, the most successful, uh, most acclaimed, uh, most decorated Marvel Studios Disney Plus series. And again, he directed all nine episodes I know he seems busy right now with the Star Trek film, but he's been attached to that for a while, and it's not for me to cast doubt on whether or not it's happening, but we've just seen things happen with Star Trek projects. We've seen them come and go without ever getting made, so if that project stalls and Matt Shackman ends up getting an offer from Marvel Studios to direct an Avengers movie, again, I don't think he would necessarily be at the top of the list, but if they came calling and there was an opportunity... It wouldn't shock me if he uh, if he jumped at that. Obviously, he loves Marvel and enjoyed his experience on WandaVision. An, event, an Avengers movie might be too good to pass up. Again, though, I don't necessarily consider him the most likely possibility, but at least worth paying attention to. Um, I don't know about Taika Waititi. I mean, I know that he's obviously free of Thor, Love and Thunder. He's all done with that, so he has space on his calendar, or at least we might think so, except... He does have a Star Wars movie, right, that he's been developing, so at some point he has to get to work on that. If he were to make an Avengers movie, I wouldn't necessarily say that kills his Star Wars movie, but it certainly puts a big delay on that film, because if he's going to start work on Avengers Secret Wars, he'd be starting that up pretty soon, and there's no time to make a Star Wars movie between now and the time he would have to do that. And of course, there's always a, a number of other projects that Taika is working on. And I also don't know that he's necessarily looking to expand beyond the Thor franchise. I think he's had a lot of fun there. He's done a lot of great work there. You know how big a fan I am of Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder. So, um, and I love Taika as a storyteller. And so, of course, if he were to make an Avengers movie, I'd be all about it. I just don't necessarily know if that's what he would be interested in. And I also don't know if that's quite the direction Marvel Studios would want to go in with Taika's style for Secret Wars. Not that he couldn't adapt his style. I think he could. But again, I I don't know if the interest is there. I also don't know if the... I don't know if the availability is there. Because, yeah, there is still a Star Wars thing that that Taika's supposed to be working on. Uh, The last one that I would throw out there is just... You have to. It's a legacy choice, but not just a legacy choice. I mean, really great filmmaker, Jon Favreau. This is just pure fan wish list. This isn't even really, I think, within the realm of possibility other than the qualification of, hey, anything can happen. Outside of that, I I don't really consider it uh, to be probable at all. I don't think Jon Favreau would want to do it, but hey, he did such a great job getting this whole thing started with Iron Man, and then I like Iron Man too as well, but Jon Favreau and not just what he's done in the MCU. I mean, what he did before that, what he's done since, everything that he's been doing for Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. Jon Favreau is just one of the best when you talk about world-building, storytelling. Like, he just gets it. And so um, he's a legend within the MCU for sure. And so for him to go back into the director's chair for something like Secret Wars, it, it, it would have a, a similar knock as the Russo brothers in the sense that, well, he's not... He's not directly vested in this as a director in developing anything that's been part of the multiverse saga. So you could count that against him, but that wouldn't have been a deal breaker for me with the Russos, and it's not going to be a deal breaker for me with John Favreau. I just think it doesn't even matter how I feel or anyone really feels about John Favreau directing this. I don't think it's really going to come into the equation because I don't really think it's something that's necessarily going to be discussed. He does seem pretty busy with Star Wars these days, and there is no indication that he's going to step away from that anytime soon, uh, let alone step away from it so much that he can go off and spend two and a half, three years making a new, uh, a brand new Avengers film, especially uh, one on the level that we expect Secret Wars to be at. So you got to throw that name out there because it's fun, 
but I don't think uh, I don't think it's anywhere even close to happening. And then yes, James Gunn, as I mentioned, the interest just doesn't seem to be there. But that's kind of where things are at as far as directors, MCU veteran directors uh, who might go on to direct Secret Wars. There is the other possibility that it would be somebody else who's never directed an Avengers movie or any MCU movie at all being brought in to direct Secret Wars. And I'm not necessarily against that because it could be some fantastic filmmaker whose movies I love. And so I wouldn't necessarily, uh, as I said, I, it's not the kind of thing I would shoot down and say, no, don't do that. It's just a little bit... I, I guess it could be exciting, too. It's just a, it is a little bit more of an unknown factor of what is this person going to bring to the MCU, uh, especially when they haven't necessarily necessarily been a strong part of developing any of the other things happening in the MCU and particularly the multiverse saga. So, um, yeah, there are filmmakers out there who've never touched the MCU who I'd probably be excited about um, if they were hired to direct Secret Wars. But until we hear otherwise, I'm more inclined to think it's going to be a name we've heard of, a name we know from the MCU, and I'm definitely, I've, I certainly have, and I think you could tell by the way I've talked about it. Coogler, uh, Ryan Coogler, and Peyton Reed, I think are it's those as the top two, and then we work our way from there. Um, maybe Nia DaCosta goes right up there with them, but I got to see the Marvels before I know how I feel about that. Although. My guess is if Nia DaCosta is directing Secret Wars, we will know that before we see the Marvels, uh, which would, I guess, increase our anticipation for uh, the Marvels because it would have to be pretty great um, if Marvel went with her uh, to direct uh, to direct Secret Wars. But anyway, we will know soon enough uh, who's directing Secret Wars. I It feels like the kind of thing that uh, if they have that director signed up that uh, Kevin Feige will announce at D23 Expo, so hopefully it's uh, just a little more than a month away before we find out who's directing that second Avengers movie in 2025. So what I also want to talk about on this podcast is just going back through everything that Marvel announced for uh, phases five and six during their Hall H presentation at San Diego Comic-Con and uh, really look at, and that helps us look forward to D23 Expo and some of these blanks that might be filled in. So if we look at Phase 5, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania... Oh, by the way, uh, James Gunn, I think separately on social media, he confirmed that the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is Phase 4. So I guess Black Panther Wakanda Forever is not officially the... may not technically be the end of Phase 4, but um, for most intents and purposes, yes. But yes, I guess the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special is technically going to be Phase 4, which means... Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is still the beginning of Phase 5 on February 17th of 2023, followed by Secret Invasion on Disney Plus in the spring of next year, followed by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th of 2023, and then Echo on Disney Plus next summer, Loki Season 2 on Disney Plus next summer, The Marvels July 28th, 2023, brings us back to, uh, of course, the big screen, uh, Blade in November, November 3rd, 2023, Ironheart in the fall of 2023, Agatha Coven of Chaos, winter 23 slash 24, Captain America, New World Order, May 3rd, 2024, Daredevil Born Again, 18 episodes beginning in spring 2024, and then Thunderbolts is the end of phase five on July 6th, 2024. So we have everything announced and dated with a more approximate seasonal dates for the Disney Plus series, which is usually how that starts, and then we don't get premiere dates until much closer to when they arrive. So that is Phase 5, wrapping up with Thunderbolts. And it's a cool thing for Thunderbolts to be able to kind of be the conclusion of a phase. I don't know. I'm going to talk more on, on another podcast about, uh, and I'll explain that in a little bit, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about phases versus sagas and those distinctions, those labels for the MCU, because they certainly seem to be changing now that an Avengers movie isn't necessarily part of a phase specifically anymore. And so um, that means something else has to be a culmination. Something else has to bring to close a phase. And Thunderbolts makes sense, right? I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of characters, a lot of stories we've seen in phase four already that lend themselves to phase four, or excuse me, phase five, 
And to have that continue to develop and culminate with something like Thunderbolts and the culmination of a phase, I think, is very different now, maybe than it was before, because it's not going to be an Avengers movie going forward. I think the way this sets up, though, I mean, it's still going to be satisfying with Thunderbolts and the way things will culminate when you just think about the characters who would likely be included in it, whether that's Yelena. I mean, of course, Ghost is another character, speaking of the Ant-Man franchise, who uh, a lot of fans have speculated as being a potential part of this. But Yelena, Zemo, maybe Bucky factors into this. Um, So many different characters. I mean, Abomination could be a part of this uh, somehow uh, in Thunderbolts. So uh, a lot of characters that we've been brought into. I mean, I would even say Hawkeye could be part of Thunderbolts. I mean, I think he's part of the Thunderbolts now in current Marvel comic books and I think has been in the past. So Hawkeye, with especially with the, the Ronin past and all of those things, and, and maybe because if Clint Barton is a part of it, does that mean Kate Bishop becomes a part of it? I mean, you think of her more, you think of her more along the lines of something like Young Avengers, but the connection to Hawkeye, the connection to, well, the connection to Clint Barton, the connection to Yelena. So there are different ways that Kate Bishop could factor into something like Thunderbolts. So there are a lot of wild cards potentially for that roster. I'd be very interested to learn more about who's going to be in that movie. So that's certainly one of them. Amongst these Phase 4 titles, Thunderbolts is probably one of the ones that I'm most interested in, slash crossing my fingers, hoping that when Kevin Feige takes the stage at D23 Expo, that he fills in some of those roster spots for us. And maybe he won't because the movie is still a couple years away, but I kind of hope he does. And to have it get a little bit better of an idea of exactly who's going to be on that team. And I think he could do that without necessarily um, Echo, by the way, could be a potential part of that. So I think there are ways for him to do that, not necessarily give us the entire roster, but just a couple of names, at least, uh, that we can look forward to being in there uh, that wouldn't necessarily spoil anything else that might be unfolding uh, in Phase 4 slash 5 on the way to Thunderbolts. But then we move on to phase six. So the multiverse saga will be three phases like the Infinity Saga was, uh, but so many more projects in the multiverse saga just by the nature of it and the volume of things Marvel Studios gets to do now because of movies, but then also the Disney Plus series. So it unfolds amongst a much shorter time period in terms of real time, our time, but way more stories. And so phase, uh, phase six, though, There are a lot of blanks here. So there's something that's part of it in fall 2024. And then there's Fantastic Four on November 8th, 2024. Not sure what the order is. There was another thing that was phase six, fall 2024. There are just blank spaces on the phase six timeline that Marvel Studios threw up at Comic-Con. Something for winter 2024, something for winter 2025. Um, And then there's also, and I wonder if that might be the untitled Marvel movie that's set for February 14th, 2025, because they do have a movie release date there. There's something in spring 2025, another thing in spring 2025. Then uh, maybe those are both Disney Plus series. Then there's Avengers, the Kang Dynasty on May 2nd of 25. Then there's two things in summer 2025. One of them, I wonder, might be in, there is an untitled Marvel film for July 5th of 25. And then Avengers Secret Wars on November 7th of 25. So when we look at phase six, there are, what, eight blanks there. And there are also two... Two of those eight are probably movies, at least two of those eight, because Marvel does have a couple of untitled release dates in 2025 uh, that they have not uh, filled in yet. That's the type of thing that maybe we hope they would fill in at D23 Expo. Uh, might as well flesh out. I mean, they've already they've already told us how it's going to culminate with event, not like the actual spoilers of how the story is going to unfold. But we already know what we're looking forward to in terms of the culmination, right? Avengers: The Kang Dynasty, Avengers: Secret Wars. So there's no harm in filling in those other uh, open, untitled release dates that they have on the movie calendar, and then also talking about maybe some more of those Disney Plus series. So uh, I'll spend some more time in the weeks to come thinking about speculating what those might be. Uh, But off the top of my head, I mean, you know, as well as I do, there are a number of things they haven't uh, that we've heard reports about, but they haven't talked about yet. So we know, I mean, is Deadpool 3 one of these, um, and then we know some of these, of course, are Disney Plus series. They announced Armor Wars a long time ago, and then it wasn't uh, given any sort of date at San Diego Comic-Con, so maybe it's still part of it, and it's taking up a little bit of space here. So you have Armor Wars, 
you have Deadpool 3, you have that World of Wakanda, perhaps Okoye, Disney Plus series, that could factor into it. Wonder Man could potentially be part of this for Phase 6. So a lot of things that could end up taking space and taking up some of these spots on the calendar, but it's going to be, I mean, I think it's going to be an incredible run-up with what we have here uh, with everything in phase uh, in Phases 5 and 6, but also, uh, we already have some dates for Phase 7, right? Because there, Disney has four release dates booked in 2026 for February 13th, May 1st, July 24th, and November 6th of that year. So even though we are going to get all the way through with Phases 4, finishing up Phase 4, moving on to Phases 5 and 6, there is so much more that uh, is going to happen after that. It's not necessarily... I mean. We are now going to be in that territory. Once Marvel Studios actually does announce and fills in the blanks on these uh, on these Phase 6 dates, I don't think they're going to make a ton of announcements after that. That's what's going to be interesting for future San Diego Comic-Con and, and D23 uh, expos and conventions and all of those types of things. Or if AvengerCon ever becomes real, like we all know it should be, you do wonder, I mean, we might have to, we might not get a, a ton of announcements for a, a little while. Once we fill out phase six, obviously there's still a lot of blanks that can be filled in for us there. But after that, and maybe that's why we don't want all of these filled in at uh, D23 Expo, because once those are filled in, will Marvel do what they did after, when they did the big presentation at El Capitan Theater in October of 2014, and they laid out Phase 3 and how it was all going to culminate with Infinity War Part 1 and 2, which eventually became Infinity War and Endgame. After that, there were a few things that got announced because there were things that got added to the calendar, and there may be things that get added to this as well. I don't necessarily assume that any of these include another Spider-Man solo movie, and I'm pretty sure there will be one between now and the time we get to Secret Wars. Just my guess, I don't think Sony would want to wait that long to have Tom Holland in an, starring in another Spider-Man movie for them. So that may factor into this as well. But as far as the post-Phase 6 calendar, remember, Marvel sat on those on a bunch of untitled release dates for years and didn't actually confirm which films... I mean, they were already making Black Widow. It was in production, and they wouldn't even talk about the fact that they were making a Black Widow movie and confirm it, re- officially anyway, uh, until they came out for San Diego Comic-Con and said, yes, Black Widow is real, and here's all these other things that we are doing in Phase 4. So it might be a while, depending on how much they reveal at D23 Expo, it may be a while before we get another big slew of announcements, and we have to ma- we may have to wait until we get a lot closer to or even post-Avengers Secret Wars to find out. Uh, I mean, we'll know a lot of these things unofficially ahead of time, but as far as Marvel Studios officially confirming it, it may be a while uh, before they start talking about what those movies are on those untitled release dates for Phase 7 in 2026. And by the time we get even close to that, Disney will have already dated untitled Marvel movies for 2027, 2028, maybe even 2029. Might be able to finish out uh, with untitled dates all the way through the rest of the 2020s uh, before Marvel Studios really has an announcement heavy of a presentation. But They don't necessarily need to have a slew of announcements in order to go to San Diego Comic-Con or D23. They could do it the old-fashioned way and have panels that are more specific for the actual movies coming out and show show more footage uh, from the movies that have been in production and series that have been in production and are getting closer to fans being able to actually see them. So uh, there's still plenty of news that Marvel Studios will be able to make at Comic-Con. Still definitely going to be a lot of fun for the people in the room. I just don't know if they will have quite as many announcements. Of course, as I said, you have casting announcements, all sorts of other things they can do to actually uh, fill out what these projects are and expand uh, our, our understanding of them. So with all this excitement and everything that been so hyped up about with uh, all these announcements, Phase 5, Phase 6, Tess and Daniel Cretton directing Avengers, The Kang Dynasty, is there anything that would, I don't want to say dampen the excitement, temper the excitement just a a little bit. There is something for me, and I want to talk about that. Uh, I'm going to expand on that on Fan Show Plus, but I'm not just going to tease you for that premium subscribe, the premium podcast that is exclusive to subscribers on patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Fan Show Plus or the MCU Fan Show channel. You can find it and subscribe there, um, and you can get uh, get those episodes. But on the next edition of that show, 
I'm going to talk about Kevin Feige explaining to MTV's Josh Horowitz that Avengers movies are now the culmination of sagas, not the culmination of phases. And uh, I have some mixed feelings on that. It's still mostly positive because I think it's ultimately the right thing to do based on the way the MCU is structured and the way things unfold now. But there is something about it that has me questioning whether or not this can be quite as satisfying as the Infinity Saga was by the time you got to Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And that's not to that's not to be some old school MCU fan elitist to say like, oh, it was better before or anything like that. Not at all. It's not it's just about the structure and how what the MCU needs to be and how it needs to operate now means it has to be very different from how things went in the Infinity Saga. And so I do think Avengers movies are going to be very, very big, very, very exciting, but there might be some of the emotional fulfillment that doesn't hit quite the same way. It could be just as emotionally fulfilling, just in a different way, um, but it won't work quite like it did during the Infinity Saga. And so I will be talking about that very topic on the next edition of Fan Show Plus. But that is it for this edition of MCU Fan Show. Please make sure you're following us in the places you can. We are at MCU Fan Show on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Also, if you are enjoying the show, we really, really would appreciate, because it certainly helps out, a rating and review from you over on Apple Podcasts. If you've already taken the time to leave a rating and review, especially if it's a five-star review, um, but uh, we we really do thank you, and and I thank you and, and really do appreciate you taking that time uh, to do it because it, it means a lot. And, and of course, it, it helps out a lot for uh, for the podcast that you enjoy. So any podcast you enjoy, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It helps out that it really helps out that show. Uh, but anyway, that is where I'm going to wrap things up. If you would like to follow me, you may do so at Mr. Sean Gerber on Twitter and Instagram. But for now, for MCU Fan Show, I'm Sean. Take care. See you next time.